Hey, everybody, welcome to the Addiction Unlimited podcast, where you get to learn everything you want to know about addiction and recovery. I'm your host, Angela Pugh, co-founder of Kansas City Recovery, life coach, and recovering alcoholic. To learn more about me, you can listen to episode zero on your podcast app or find us on the web at addictionunlimited.com. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode number 176 of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. I'm your coach, Angela Pugh, life coach, recovering alcoholic, and entrepreneur. This is your one-stop shop, my friends. If you are one of the millions of people who feel like they are merely surviving and not thriving at life, if you want to build a life you love, and maybe you're like me and your relationship with alcohol is questionable. (laughs) Well, you're in the right place because that's what we do here. We take our hot mess that is life and learn how to do it better. Feel better, be better, thriving, and being of service to those we love. I don't know about you, but as a coach and a leader, one of the things that really challenges me and excites me is how much power I have in creating the life I want. You know, there are plenty of things we have no control over, right? But myself, my personality, who I am, how I treat people, how I thrive or don't thrive, those are all things I have control of. And you know, as alcoholics, we love to control things. Most of us have a freaking death grip on every detail, (laughs) trying to maneuver it and manipulate it to go our way and get people to do things our way. But all joking aside, it's exciting to get up in the morning and to feel capable and prepared for whatever my day brings me. You know that feeling? And today we're going to talk about gaining a fresh mindset and approach to one of the oldest and biggest challenges we all face. And this is an area where I want you to feel more capable and prepared because when you get good at this, it's a game changer. We're talking about conflict, confrontation, fighting, whatever you want to call it. And the first thing I want to say is I'm not a fan of any of those words. They're all super negative energy, negative connotation, and just using those words makes you want to avoid it at all costs. (laughs) And here's the deal. 99% of people are afraid of conflict. It's a people-pleasing behavior. And a lot of us with addiction can relate to that. It's codependent, people-pleasing. It's a habit especially when you're still drinking or you're really early in recovery. We still have a lot of those behaviors. It's usually a product of coming from a home that was either super dismissive or hypercritical. When you attempted to have a conversation about something, it was met with one of those things. You were either blown off and kind of ignored like you weren't important, just dismissed, or you were criticized for whatever your conversation was. And when you get either one of those responses, your natural inclination will be to shut down and avoid going into quote unquote confrontation again. You'll want to avoid it. I want you to start reframing this. I work on this a lot with my clients. It's not confrontation. It's conversation. 
just because you need to talk about something uncomfortable or serious doesn't mean it has to be confrontational. It can be very quiet and calm and respectful, even if you don't get your way. (laughs) One of the problems here is our reactions. You get caught up in your emotions and you respond to things based on feelings instead of truly exploring what's going on or what's being said and listening. The typical habit is the moment you hear something you don't like, you immediately launch into your self-defense mode and try to prove it all wrong and plead your case of why you're right and the other person is wrong. At that point, you're no longer listening. You're arguing. This is so interesting to me too because We get so consumed in trying to force someone to hear us, right? Raising our voice, interrupting them, telling them they're wrong, demanding to be heard. And in doing all of that, you're not even extending the same courtesy to your person. The other person on the other side of this conversation wants to be heard too. If you work with me privately as your coach, and you've probably been in these conversations with me. And sometimes I think my clients get a little irritated with me because it seems like I'm taking the side against them, right? If you're telling me about an argument or disagreement with your spouse or partner, I will almost always start with trying to see their side of the story. And I'll tell you why, because as human beings, we are incredibly selfish by nature. We will almost always think first of ourselves. The knee-jerk reaction is to start pointing fingers at the other person and create all the reasons it's their fault. And in all of your insisting on being right, there are a couple of things happening. One, you're dismissing the person on the other side of the conversation. And two, you're caught up in your feelings. And at that point, you're not being fair or rational. Remember, the person on the other side of the discussion deserves to be heard too. They're probably being mistreated too. You're probably being unfair to them, just like you think they're being unfair to you. And when someone gives you feedback about yourself, shut up and listen, because there's probably some truth in it even if it stings a bit, (laughs) even if what they're saying hurts. It's not a desirable thing you want to hear about yourself. That doesn't make it inaccurate, especially if it's someone close to you who knows you well. You want to blow up and start throwing a temper tantrum because you don't like what they say, but just the mere fact that you're blowing up is fairly good evidence that what they're saying is accurate. Because if it was outlandish or crazy, you wouldn't respond at all. If you and I were in an argument and you told me I'm purple, I'm not going to have much of a response to that because it's so far from the truth. But if we're in an argument and you tell me I'm selfish and self-centered, that's going to strike a chord because it's true. (laughs) And I already know it's true. So I'm going to be extra sensitive about it. That's why you have a big response to things because you're already sensitive about it because you already recognize it and feel bad about it. And here's another side of this. When someone pushes your buttons, the natural response is to get mad at them. But the truth is it's your button and that makes it your responsibility. 
It's not everyone else's responsibility to make sure they don't say or do anything to push your buttons. You got everybody walking on eggshells because you're going to throw a temper tantrum at any moment. It's your responsibility to figure out why you have that button and work on fixing it. Lashing out at someone for upsetting you is what toddlers do, right? And we're trying really hard to not behave like toddlers anymore. It's far more challenging for some of us, I promise you. It was very difficult for me to grow up and get out of toddlerhood in my freaking late 30s, early 40s. When it comes down to it, we all want to be able to communicate and respect and love the people around us. None of us wants conflict and resentment and discomfort. And that's why I wanted to do this episode. Communication is one of the hardest things we have to do all day, every day. And you aren't born with good communication skills. It takes practice and it's information you have to seek out if you want to get better at it, right? It's not something that's just installed in us. I had to spend a lot of time learning about communication and understanding it and learning how to listen and practicing all of that. It took a lot of time to get good at it. A huge issue with basic communication is that we all use the same words, but we have different meanings for the same words. If you and I are on the phone and you say, I'll call you back in a little bit. Well, what does that mean? To me, a little bit means before the end of the day. To you, it may not mean anything at all. For some people, it's just something they say when they get off the phone. So let's delve into this a little further. If I'm dating a guy and he says, hey, I have to grab this other call. I'll call you back in a little bit. In my head, I'm thinking he's going to call me right back after he finishes that call. Maybe I have somewhere to be and I need to get in the shower and start getting ready. But if my guy is supposed to call me back, I might wait a little bit so I don't miss his call. Next thing you know, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes goes by and I haven't heard from him. Now I'm late getting ready because I didn't get in the shower on time because I was waiting for his call. And guess what my response is going to be? I'm going to be mad at him. This is really something I used to do, by the way, (laughs) when I was a far less emotionally healthy person, when I was emotionally immature, I would have been mad at my guy for making me late because I was waiting for his call. Now, obviously, it's my responsibility to get in the damn shower and get myself ready on time, regardless of who is going to call. If I decide to wait, that's my decision. It's no one else's fault. The problem with this behavior is it's a little codependent, right? I was prioritizing his call over my own needs of getting ready and being on time for my thing. That's codependent. I can't be mad at him because I'm codependent. It's silly, but it's what we do. (laughs) Here's another example of easy miscommunication. One time my ex was showing me how to use his new washer and he was telling me how much detergent to put in. And he said, it just takes a little bit. To me, a little bit was like a quarter of a cup, but to him, it was like three quarters of a cup. He started pouring it in and my eyes got huge because I felt like he was using a ton, but to him, that was a little bit. You see what I'm saying here? We use the same words, but we have different meanings for the same words. 
I got hung up on this when I first got sober sitting in AA to with the word resentment. That to me felt like such an ugly and negative word, like almost a hateful word, and I didn't like it. I also didn't feel like I had a lot of anger or hate, so it was hard for me to identify with the word. I couldn't identify resentments in myself because I had all these negative attachments to the word. Of course, with a little experience, I came to understand it just means being pissed off about something, right? Someone mistreated you, or for me, the legal system pissed me off. That was one of my (laughs) resentments. Or your boss that fired you was a real jerk. It could be a million things that are just regular life occurrences. And we talk about them as resentments in 12 Steps. I'm okay with it now, but it took me a while to get comfortable using that word. I had a real issue with that word because it just felt really angry and negative and I didn't like it. I think this is how many of you feel about the word alcoholic. People tell me all the time that they struggle using that word. And here we are again, same word, different meanings. To me, alcoholic means powerful and strong and courageous, unstoppable, limitless. That's what it means to be an alcoholic to me. But to other people, it's full of shame and weakness and embarrassment and a million other words. So you see how tricky this can get. 99% of the time, people avoid difficult conversations because they don't know what to say or how to say it. There's this overwhelming fear of saying the wrong thing and setting off the other person. And no one wants to be in a big freaking fight. So we'll avoid conversations altogether because we want to avoid the fight. Now, here's the deal. This is a two-way street. You can't expect your person to practice these principles if you aren't practicing them yourself. I don't want you listening to this episode so you can pick out all the ways your partner sucks at this. I expect you to listen to this episode to figure out how you suck at this and how you can get better. Then sit down with your person and listen to this episode together and decide to do better for one another. But these skills will serve you in dating and marriage, also in business and leadership, and every other area of your life. So it's worth the work and practice. You have to communicate all day, every day, in every situation. Believe it or not, there are some quick and easy ways to fix the most common kind of conflict issues. Especially if you know you don't fight well, you know you're not getting anything resolved, you have no idea what to do. Well, here's the beginning of your answer. We're going to look at eight simple guidelines to better fighting, right? What, what was the title of this episode? Fight Fair, How to Avoid Confrontation and Resolve Conflict Like a pro. That's what we're all about around here. We want to do it. We want to do it well. We want to be an active member of our lives, constantly improving ourselves, doing things better, getting farther, and thriving, not just surviving. This is how you thrive. You put energy and time. You invest yourself into something to get good at it. That's how you thrive instead of just survive. 
But with some work and practice, it's easy to improve this stuff immediately, right? This isn't something that takes a super long time. It takes a while to practice, but you can start implementing pieces of this today and you will see results today. And this will really help you create a new relationship too with your partner for sure and just being better at communication and getting through those tough conversations. So number one, remember you are on the same team. This is one of the most important aspects that completely slips our minds as soon as we start to argue and get defensive. You forget you are on the same team. You are not against one another and trying to take each other down, okay? You are a team trying to find a resolution to an issue, right? You're not fighting to beat your partner. A lot of people are fighting to beat their partner and you will never, ever succeed. And you will cause a lot of damage to your relationship and your partner if that's your mindset. If just winning or just like beating them into submission with your words, if that's your goal, then we've got bigger stuff that we have to be working on, right? You're not fighting to beat your partner. You're fighting for your relationship. When you're in the middle of a discussion, remember that collectively, as a team, you want to attack the issue. You don't attack each other. And this goes for, listen, even if you're having a tough conversation with a coworker or your boss, remember you're on the same team. Remember you want the same thing, big picture. Everybody wants to walk away from this conversation and feel good. Everybody wants a resolution. Everybody wants it to be over. Nobody wants to walk away angry. So remember you're on the same team and you attack the issue at hand. You do not attack one another. Fighting to win will get you nowhere. It doesn't make you cool. It doesn't make you the stronger person. It's quite weak, to be honest. The stronger thing to do is to have control of yourself and to be able to stop and listen when necessary instead of being, you know, verbally abusive or interrupting or talking over someone or intimidating them. You know, there's all kinds of ways we do this stuff, but that is not that does not make you strong, okay? Being strong is having the ability to stop and catch yourself and actually listen and hear the other person out and find a resolution. So again, attack the issue at hand. Do not attack each other. Number two, one thing at a time. We can get in a lot of trouble here, especially in our partner relationships. When you don't work through a problem all the way to its resolution, we store that issue away and bring it up at a later date. I hear so many of my clients say that their partner will constantly bring up issues from months ago or even years ago. In every argument, they bring this up, and this was five years ago. This happens because those old arguments were never actually resolved. So here we are, one thing at a time. We don't leave one argument until it's worked through to its end, fully resolved. And in the midst of working through one issue, we do not bring up past issues. It's good to work through past stuff so it won't continue to come up and it doesn't continue to build resentment in your partner. 
sometimes this needs to be done with a professional who's objective and can help navigate communication to get old issues off the table and start fresh with a clean slate. But we really want to take one issue at a time and deal with it to a resolution. And this is super challenging, especially with big, important issues where there's a lot of pain or disappointment or anger, resentment, right? It's hard to do this on your own. In your partnership, especially because there's so much there, there's so much baggage for each person, it's really hard to be objective. And we don't typically say really how we feel about something. Like if I'm really mad because you hurt my feelings, I'm going to say you did this, you did that, you, you, you. I'm going to throw all these things out instead of just saying, listen, dude, my feelings were really hurt. That made me feel like I didn't matter to you, like I wasn't important and like you didn't care. So when you have a professional person, a coach, a communication coach, a couples coach, when you have a professional person, we can dig through all of the words and accusations and we can get down to the real meanings, right? And none of us wants to hurt each other. Well, most of us, I think, don't want to hurt each other. But it's so important to do one thing at a time. When you have one issue on the table, try to really stick with that issue. If past things are coming up, maybe seek out some guidance in hashing out those issues to resolution. And when you've got the one thing on the table, stick with that one thing and try to walk it through all the way to a resolution where all parties involved feel really good with the resolution. And again, you might need a little guidance with that. You know, you might need a mediator, so to speak, which is really smart to have. All right, number three. Do not walk away. I see this a lot. Some people don't like confrontation and and they do, they work to avoid it at all costs. And this can cause more friction. When one partner tries to leave or walk away, it causes the other partner to feel unimportant and dismissed. And let's be honest, none of us want to feel that way. As a couple, we can't avoid issues and conflict. It's a part of being together and a part of any relationship, whether it's romantic or not. Every friendship, family, coworker relationship, there's going to be conflict at some point. It's important we know how to work through these conversations and remain actively engaged in working toward a solution. And again, a professional can help you develop some tools to make this easier too, to make confrontation not feel like confrontation. And, you know, something I've done also, because sometimes I have to think about stuff. I get very introspective. I am not a fighter. I do not raise my voice or scream. I don't get into all that. I'm definitely not mean because I don't like how it feels when somebody is mean to me. So I don't ever want to make another human being feel that way. But I get quiet and I get introspective. And you've heard me say this on a million episodes because I want to see my part. See, I think when you get more emotional maturity, you stop having a need to blame the other person. It's not about blaming the other person. I want to get really clear 
on what my role in this is. I want to get really clear on what I did, how I could do it better. How could I have said something better? Um, did I, was I rude or did I interrupt? Because I'm an interrupter. I, I definitely have that quality and I'm really working on it. But I want to get introspective and think about all those things. So I will definitely say to my person, like, okay, cool. I need to think on this a bit. Can we revisit it later today? You know, can we talk about this tonight before we go to bed? Like, I want to think this through. I just need some time. I hear what you're saying. I just need to think about this. And I had an ex that would walk away. And I said to him one time, I was like, I don't understand why you walk away. Like, it's so condescending and dismissive to just leave in the middle of a conversation. I said, especially because I'm not mean. I'm not taking jabs at you. I'm not taking cheap shots. I'm not insulting you or insulting your character. Like I'm not doing any of that. I'm a very calm communicator. So when you walk away, it just makes me feel like it's just not important to you or like I'm an idiot. Like you don't get my point or what I'm saying. And that's not okay. Like I'm not giving you any reason to walk away. If you need a minute, say, okay, like I said about myself a few minutes ago, you say that. I need a minute. Hey, give me a minute. I need to walk away. I need to think about this for a little while. Can we talk about it before bed tonight? Can we revisit this over dinner? Like whatever the thing is, but don't just walk away because it is very dismissive. Number four, listen, understand, and validate. I heard this little gem on a television show. Whenever we do work on relationships, there's three components of communication that are super important. It's imperative that we actively listen to our partners rather than just waiting for our turn to speak or interrupting them, talking over them, raising your voice. You have to listen to your person. Put some genuine effort into understanding their point of view. The other person, whoever you're in this serious conversation with, (laughs) their thoughts and opinions are equally as important as yours. So try to see where they're coming from. And offer some validation. This can be as simple as staying quiet while they're saying their piece. Nod your head. Tell them you understand what they're saying. The biggest challenge in this little bundle of listen, understand, and validate (laughs) is learning to keep our mouths shut because we constantly want to jump in and defend ourselves. And this is another great one I learned from my ex. We're having a conversation and he's just letting me speak. And I said to him, I was like, why aren't you saying anything? And he goes, well, I feel like you just really needed the floor right now. It's important for you to have your, to be able to say your piece. He said, I can say my piece later. I just want to hear you out. And I loved it. You guys, it was such a valuable lesson for me because I would have never thought to do that until that moment when he did it for me. I would have never thought to just shut up and listen because it just, what I had never been taught that before. But what a great thing for him in a way of showing love that he just wanted me to be able to have my peace without being interrupted. 
And it, it was fantastic. Listen, understand, validate. And in that validate piece, I want you to really think about, again, really listen and try to understand the other person's point of view. Listen to what they're saying. Listen to where they're coming from. Think about how you would feel if you were in their position, if you felt the things that they were feeling. How would you feel about that? And validation can be as simple as, yeah, that makes sense. I get where you're coming from. Yeah, that would be difficult. Wow. Yeah, that would be hard. I I see that now. That's validation. Just give that to the person because they deserve it. Just like you would want somebody to do it for you, you do it for them. Number five, don't get personal. Okay, my friends. (laughs) Sometimes I'm surprised at how comfortable we can get with the things we say to the people we love. Don't get personal. No name calling. It's just that simple. Name calling should be off limits at all times. Not only can it cause damage that can't be undone, it's just plain childish insulting our partners in any way instantly puts them on the defensive and shuts down all the constructive communication. Our mode of fighting does not need to get personal or become a personal attack on the person we love. There are some easy fixes to this issue, right? Again, listening is huge. Just listen, be quiet, listen, Just because the other person feels a way that you wouldn't feel does not make their feelings less important or less valid. And we say that all the time too. Well, I would never do that. I would never say that. I would never act that way. Well, so effing what? I'm not you. You aren't me. (laughs) You can't judge everyone based on if they do it like you or not, or if they think like you or not. It just doesn't work that way. Just because I'm different from you does not make me less important. It doesn't make my opinion less important. It means that we are all different as human beings. We internalize things differently. We internalize information differently. Something that really hurts my feelings may not bother you at all. It doesn't make me wrong. It just means I got my feelings hurt. And you can just say, wow, I'm so sorry that happened. I know that doesn't feel good. It's just that simple. You know, but don't get personal. Don't certainly don't tell someone they're crazy. Don't tell someone they're ridiculous or silly. You know, just don't get personal. No name calling, no blows below the belt. Okay. Number six, take a time out. Listen, it's okay sometimes to take a minute to collect your thoughts when a discussion isn't getting anywhere. And how we do this is to communicate that you need a few minutes to walk, walk around, get a glass of water, get a snack, make a phone call. I don't know. (laughs) And we can come back together in 10 minutes and try again. Like I said, in don't walk away, you just need to communicate that. It's okay to take a break. If you're just going in circles and going in circles and going in circles It's okay to say, listen, I need 10 minutes. I want to get some air. I want to chill out for a second. I love you. I really want this conversation to go well, but I really need to step away. And again, put a time on it, 10 minutes or say, 
can we talk about this over dinner or can we talk about this before bed tonight? You know, whatever, whatever your thing is in your schedule or whoever your discussion is with, right? It might be a coworker and it might be, hey, can we meet for coffee a little bit early tomorrow morning before work and finish this conversation? I just need to step away. And sometimes the solution to an issue is to agree to disagree. We're not always going to see eye to eye on every issue, and that's okay. But it's important that we respect one another's thoughts and opinions and reach a resolution together. Again, just because someone's opinion is different from yours doesn't make you wrong, and it also doesn't make them wrong. It's not right or wrong. Opinions are not right or wrong. It's just how you think and feel. That's all. It doesn't make you right. It doesn't make you smarter. It doesn't make you anything. It's just your stupid opinion. You know, <laughs> stop trying to force people to agree with you, right? You have to sometimes just agree to disagree, and that's okay. Again, if my opinion is different than yours, it doesn't make me less intelligent because I don't have the same opinion as you. It doesn't make me less smart. It doesn't make me less worthy, and it doesn't make me wrong. We just see things differently. It's the beauty of being human is we get to have thoughts and opinions. Number seven, this is my favorite. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. I want you to really start thinking about this. Instead of you trying to win and beat down your partner, because if you win, that means the other person loses. And that's not a win. And if you walk away and feel really cool about that, again, then we've got other issues we need to talk through. As we get through challenges and difficult conversations, your goal is for everyone to win. If you lose sight of the issue, then you're fighting about the fight. (laughs) And it becomes solely about winning, right? And this is a lose-lose. If If one or both of you are fighting or discussing or whatever you want to call it (laughs) with the objective to win the argument, then both people lose because you're never going to get to a resolution. Defenses are going to be up. Resentment's going to build. The issue will get brought up again in the next argument, right? Approach a situation with an open mind and with the goal of both people winning. The need to be right is not healthy. The need to win is not healthy, especially if it's at the cost of the thoughts and feelings and self-esteem of the person that you're having a conversation with. Try to go into this with that mindset of everybody win. I want everybody to win. I want everybody to walk away feeling like, oh my gosh, that was fantastic. I'm so glad we had that conversation. I'm so glad we hung in there, even when it was hard and uncomfortable. I'm so glad we did that. All right, last one, number eight. Let's celebrate. (laughs) When you come to an agreement, you have some solid resolution. Celebrate that victory. Treat yourself. If If this is a conversation or a conflict with your partner, treat yourselves to movie and dinner or a coffee and ice cream date. Whatever it is that you enjoy doing together, go do it. This is a great reason to celebrate your partnership. And don't forget to say thank you. 
to your partner for hanging into the end and working together to solve the problem. But celebrate. If you have a really challenging conversation with your boss, I don't care about the outcome. I don't care if you got your way or didn't get your way. I want you to celebrate yourself for having the courage to have the conversation. Celebrate yourself for getting through the conversation and getting through the discomfort because you can. You can absolutely do it. There's a whole bunch of people doing it all day, every day. (laughs) You can do it. I promise you. Okay. I know this was a lot of information. So let's recap. I'm going to go through these eight strategies quickly, how to fight fair, how to avoid confrontation and resolve conflict like a pro. Okay. Number one, we're on the same team. Remember you're on the same team. You are united together, fighting against the issue, not fighting against each other. Number two, one thing at a time. When there's one issue on the table, try to keep your focus on that one issue. Don't bring up past things. If past things, if you want to bring up past things, and what we do really is we want to prove our point. Well, it's just like that time 200 years ago when you did this and you did that and you said this. Stop, right? If that stuff continues to want to come up for you, then you got to seek out some help to hash out those past issues and get to a resolution. But when you're, when you're discussing one thing, try to keep it at that one thing. You have to do one thing at a time. Number three, do not walk away. Try to communicate if you need a break or whatever. And we're going to get to that one in a minute, but don't just walk away. Four, listen, understand, validate. Listen to what your person is saying. Be quiet and listen to what they're saying. Listen to how they're feeling, understand how they're feeling, understand their position. Don't try to make it right or wrong. Don't try to figure out all the holes where you can tell them how they're wrong. Just understand that this is where they are and this is how they're feeling. And then validate that. Like, yeah, I get that. That would suck. Yeah, that would feel bad. I totally get that. I wouldn't like to feel that way either. Listen, understand, validate. Number five, don't get personal. No low blows, no name calling. Do not get personal. Six, take a time out. If you're going round and round and round and not getting any solution, not getting any resolution, it's okay to take a break. Communicate that. Communicate that you need a break. And again, maybe you reach out to a coach. You get a couples coach, a communication coach to help you hash out some of those issues. Number seven, everybody wins. Shift that mindset of I have to win to everybody wins. If you need to win and you have that need within yourself to win, then the person on the other side loses. And that's not a win. So think about it like you want everybody walking away from this conversation with a win. Everybody gets to win. And last, number eight, celebrate. If this is a conversation with your partner and you get through it, you make it through and you survive it all, 
and go celebrate. Dinner and a movie, coffee and ice cream, take a walk, go for a killer workout together, go play golf, whatever your thing is, go do it and celebrate. Tell each other thank you. Appreciate one another for doing hard things. Appreciate one another for listening to each other. Say thank you. And again, if it's in a work situation with a coworker or a boss, celebrate yourself. You know, go get girls, go get a facial or go get a massage, get a pedicure, do whatever, celebrate yourself for doing it and getting through it and surviving. <laughs> I know this stuff can feel really, really hard, but it's not. It just takes a little bit of practice. And a big part of it too is knowing what to say. That's try to, why I try to give you examples. Say this, say this, say it like this. <laughs> so you have those words in the moment when you need them. I hope you have gotten a ton of information out of this episode. If you love it, please take time to share it. And like I said, listen to it and Try to practice some of these things and then get your person and listen to it together and really make a deal to work on some of this stuff together to do it better, okay? I hope you are having a fantastic day and I will see you next week. You've reached the end of another great episode of the Addiction Unlimited podcast. Candid and honest conversation about addiction and recovery. Be sure to visit us at addictionunlimited.com to join the conversation and access show notes and links to everything we talked about. Love this episode? Please take 30 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes to help us improve and give you the information you want. Thanks for listening. See you next week.